I wanted to use the Thanksgiving holiday to transition us. We've been in the book of Lamentations, uh, a book that was loads of fun, um, a lot about sin and the suffering, and so we're going to switch it up today as we transition into the Christmas season by first considering Thanksgiving and the place of Thanksgiving in the life of the Christian. We obviously, this past Thursday, celebrated as a nation the Thanksgiving Day holiday. It find, I find it just very interesting that our country and our government, our leadership, saw fit to establish for the citizens of this nation that one day out of the year we should set aside as a day of Thanksgiving. George Washington, our first president, was the first one to actually issue forth a day of Thanksgiving as, a, as kind of a national uh, day. Um, it eventually was codified by Abraham Lincoln in 1863 as a day. It was the last Thursday on the fourth Thursday of November, that we should gather as a nation to give thanks. I've always found that interesting, that as a nation, our leadership would see fit that the citizens of this country should set aside a day to give thanks. Now, I find it interesting on a lot of different levels. Um, one of the most interesting things for me about the day of Thanksgiving here as a nation, and we'll talk about this a little bit later on, is that while we have this day of Thanksgiving, um, exactly who are we to give thanks to as, as a nation? Like, is, what is the grounding for Thanksgiving in a secular culture? That, that's a whole thing to consider, and we'll look at that in a minute. But that our leaders said, you know what? Thanksgiving is a right and good thing for us as a nation to celebrate and something to engage in. Now, while as a nation, we see that one day a year should be set aside to give thanks. The bigger question that I want to look at today is, what about for us as the people of God? What place or what role does thanksgiving play in our lives? I'm always super hesitant to use a national holiday as kind of a jumping off point for any kind of a message. We like to preach through books of the Bible, and so I don't like to always go topical. But I have found that it is right and it is good and it is significant for us as the people of God to consider the role of thanksgiving and thankfulness in our lives, regardless of what the leaders of our country say we should do. And the reason why I say that is because God's word actually says a lot to all of us about thanksgiving and thankfulness in the life of a follower of Jesus Christ. I want to start by just showing you three different passages in God's Word that highlight this truth. The first one is found for us in the book of Colossians. It says in Colossians 3.15, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and what? Be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Three different times in this passage, thankfulness and the giving of thanks is communicated. It, it's, it's talked about for the people of God. When you go to the book of Ephesians, you read in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 4. Let there be no filthiness, nor foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. And then, a passage that many of you, I'm sure, have heard or are familiar with. 
1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18. If you want to get a jump on Bible memorization and you say you can't memorize, well, try memorizing 1 Thessalonians 5, 16. It's just one verse. Rejoice always, okay? If you say you can't memorize God's word, just start there, all right? That's one verse. Rejoice always. Verse 17 says, pray without ceasing. So you could memorize two verses, pretty easy. But look at verse 18. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Three different passages. We could go to others, but just those right off the bat. Passages written to followers of Jesus Christ. Passages which are calling us to both be thankful and to give thanks. You can't help but read the Word of God and discover that thankfulness and thanksgiving are part of the Christian's life. In fact, I'd like to start by saying this. Thankfulness and thanksgiving are so important, according to the Word of God, that they are to be a part of the Christian's everyday life. Not just once a year, as our government says, let's, let's set aside a day for thanksgiving. The Bible calls us as the people of God to give thanks and to be thankful every single day. That's why I said in the beginning, look, I don't like to just simply use a national holiday as an excuse to, to look at something in God's word, except when that thing that we're called to look at in God's word is this significant, that over and over again in these passages, we are called to every single day give thanks and actually be thankful. I mean, that First Thessalonians passage literally says, Give thanks, church, in all circumstances. Now, that's a, that's a often misunderstood verse, and we're going to unpack it a little bit more. But this isn't a suggestion to give thanks. He literally says, for this is the will of God for you, that you would give thanks. God wants you. It's his will for your life as a follower of Jesus to give thanks every day. That Colossians 3.15 passage says that we are called to be thankful these are not suggestions. If you claim to be a follower of Christ, then to be a Christian is to be a person filled, actually filled with thankfulness and one who gives thanks. Now, when you look at God's word concerning thanksgiving and thankfulness, when you see that it's something that we're called and commanded to do, one of the things that the Word of God does over and over again is it never just simply calls followers of Jesus Christ to be engaged in something without giving them a reason and a purpose behind it. And church, as we're going to look at the reason and the purpose behind this call to give thanks and to be thankful, I think we're going to be blown away with how transformational in our day-to-day -day lives and interactions engaging in these things will be for us. But before we can consider the why we are called to be thankful and to give thanks, we have to first be really clear on our definitions. Like, if we were to stop the service right now, I'm not going to do it, and I would break you up and I'd say, look, give a definition of thankfulness. Give a definition of thanksgiving. Like, are they the same thing or are they different things? God's word says, be thankful, and then just a little bit later it says, give thanks, how would you define these two terms? Let me start by saying this. When you study the Word of God, you discover something. Thankfulness and thanksgiving are linked. They are linked, but they are not the same thing. 
So this thing that we're called to do, be thankful, and this thing we're called to do, give thanks or thanksgiving, listen, we got to be really clear. It's not the same thing. They're two different things according to the Word of God. The best way that I can think of illustrating it is, is like a spring and a river. Think about a spring and a mountain river. They're both made up of water, and they're connected to each other because of water, but they're not the same thing, are they? They both are made up of water. Spring is made up of water. A river is made up of water, but you don't confuse a spring for a river, do you? They're two very different things. A spring, it's considered a source of the water, and a river is considered the means by which the water moves. You can know the difference, but they both involve water. The same can be said of thankfulness and thanksgiving. The difference between these two words is actually revealed to us back in that Colossians passage. I want, to, I want you to look there with me back at that Colossians passage just for a moment. In Colossians chapter 3, both words are used, but they are used in different ways. Colossians 3.15 says, once again, And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, with thankfulness in your hearts to God, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Thankfulness and giving thanks or thanksgiving are both referred to in this passage. They're no doubt connected, but they are different. Just look. We're called to be thankful, right? That's the first thing that we're called to be. It's a state of being versus being called to give thanks, which is to perform an ultimate action. So one, you have this idea of a state of being. One is to perform an action. And notice as well that thankfulness is something that exists in one's heart. Whereas thanksgiving is something that is ultimately, it's, it's given away. And so one of the definitions that I like to use that kind of gets our mind around like, okay, what is thankfulness versus thanksgiving is this. Thankfulness is the recognition of, the recognition of and the appreciation for what you have received from someone. So it's the recognition of and the appreciation for what you have received from someone. It involves you and I first and foremost recognizing that we have received something, something that's come to us from outside of ourselves. Thankfulness is what we know and feel internally. Paul says it starts in the heart when we receive something from someone which we did not deserve, which we did not which did not come to us by our own means, but came to us as a gift or a kindness of another. You're not going to be thankful if you don't first recognize that something has come to you that you didn't earn. Something has come to you from somebody else. But it's not just something that has come to you from somebody else and you recognize that. It's something that you actually appreciate. It's something that you find value in. Something that you realize you ultimately needed or, or wanted. So somebody has come to you and they have given you something. You have received something from outside of yourself that you find value in. 
And Paul says, this is what thankfulness is. There's this recognition. Oh, this didn't come from me. This came from outside of me. And I value this, this thing. This means something to me. It is something that I appreciate. You see, you and I can receive something and know that we have received it from someone else, but not appreciate it. Am I right? <laughs> you can get things all the time. Like if you were driving over the Thanksgiving weekend, this didn't happen to me, but you were flying to go somewhere and you got pulled over by a cop and you got a ticket. You got something from someone else. Do you appreciate that ticket? Are you uh, find value in that ticket? No, that ticket has value for the government, but not for you. Uh, this, this weekend, uh, we did something just totally spur of the moment as a family Tuesday night. We had tried about two or three times over the last year and a half to go to the Grand Canyon. And at the last minute this week, we decided, you know what, let's do this thing. Let's go. Let's try and go to the Grand Canyon. So Tuesday night, we left to go to the Grand Canyon. And so we went there as a family and uh, got back on, on Friday. And by the way, let me just say, if you've been to the Grand Canyon, it's one thing to stand and look at the Grand Canyon, but you've got to hike down it, all right? You just got to go. We didn't go the entire way. We went about two and a half miles or whatever. You just got to do it. You want to talk about the awe and grandeur of creation. It was amazing. But we let each one of the girls get a little souvenir while we were there, something to remember the trip by. Well, as we're driving home on Friday, our youngest, from the very back of the car, poor thing, she's all the way in the back. You know how the luggage all gets packed, you know, and everything. She just, she just huddled there in the corner. We're like, is Cece in the car? You know, you got to double check every so often. So in the very back of the car, we hear, hey, mom, dad, how much money do I have in my money jar? You know, she saves her money, and we're like, oh, um, well, you know, you got X number of, of, of dollars. She's like, okay. She's like, so, so then I owe you guys, and, and she said, amount of money, and we're like, we owe us? What, what do you mean? And she's like, you know, for, for my little, she got a little wolf. Uh, that's what she, not a real one, right? Stuffed wolf, right? Uh, she, she has this little stuffed wolf, and, and she's, like, she's like, well, because I need to pay you guys for this wolf. And we're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. So Cece had received from us this, this wolf, but for like two days, she had thought that she had to do what? She pay for it. So to her, she knew that she had received the wolf, that we had bought it, but she thought that she was going to have to pay. So she had received something, but was she thankful for it? Well, she was glad to have it, but she thought that she had to pay for it. So she had received something, but it wasn't until we said, no, we bought that for you. Now, as a parent, you're thinking, you know, for the last two days, she wasn't grateful for the thing that we had got her, right? You know, that's what you're thinking. No. But then she was very thankful because she then not only recognized that she had actually gotten this thing from us that she had valued, but it was as a gift to her. So it was interesting, her feelings of thankfulness, her thankfulness really didn't begin until the car ride home. That might have explained other actions. Anyway, but thankfulness, according to the Word of God, when you put it all together, is this recognition of and appreciation for what you've received from someone. So when we're called to be thankful, we're being called by God to recognize and appreciate what we have received. But then that leads us to thanksgiving. When you understand this is the definition of thankfulness, when we're called to be thankful, we're being called to recognize and to value, to appreciate what we have received. Thanksgiving then is very simply this. Thanksgiving is the act of making your thankfulness known. 
That's what thanksgiving is. It's not just simply being thankful, but to give thanks is to then transfer, to proclaim that you have thankfulness over what it is that you have received. Verse 17 of Colossians 3 says, And whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. It is proclaiming out loud that you know what you have received, who you received it from, and how you feel about what you've received. That is the giving of thanks. So we are called by God, church, to be a people who engage in those two things. Recognize and value what it is that you have received, and then communicate that which you appreciate. Make it known that for which you are thankful. That's what Paul is calling us to in these verses. The way that I've always pictured it, in one sense, is like a boyfriend and girlfriend on the day that the proposal takes place. Have you ever seen those videos? Have you ever seen those pictures? Do you remember that day where the man comes and he gives the woman the ring? He gets down on one knee, if you're doing it right, and he says, will you marry me? And the woman receives that ring, and, and there is thankfulness in that person's heart not just because they've received a very valuable ring, but because of what the ring ultimately represents, what is being communicated. And then what happens after the person receives the ring? They get excited and, and they give a hug and then they're just, they're overwhelmed and they tell people, look, look, I got engaged. I got. There's just this thankfulness overflowing in Thanksgiving. When you understand, church, what thankfulness and thanksgiving are, you start to begin to understand the why of it. Why we are called, nay, commanded. It's because it's not a suggestion. Why we are called and commanded as the people of God to be thankful and to give thanks. See, if being thankful is rooted in our ability to recognize and appreciate what we have received, then we would have to be a people who have received and continue to receive that for which we should always have appreciation and gratitude. See, if we're called to be thankful and to give thanks, yet do not have something in our lives that meets that criteria, we have a problem. But if we are a people who have received and are receiving that for which we should value and appreciate, then God's command and call for us to continually and in all circumstances give thanks and be thankful makes complete sense. But if you don't have in your life, if I don't have in my life continually something for which I should find value and appreciation, if I can't recognize where that thing came from, then God is being I would say, at minimum, mean, if not cruel, to call us to do something if these are the definitions of what thankfulness and thanksgiving are according to the word of God. Well, wouldn't you know it? Wouldn't you know it that God never calls us to do something as his people, never commands us to engage in something 
that he has not already provided for us the means and the ability to do that thing. You see, the call to be thankful and to continually give thanks is actually, we're going to see here in a moment, a blessing for us and something that we should actually easily, as the people of God, be able to engage in every single day. Because before you have Colossians chapter 3 and the call to be thankful and to give thanks, before you have Colossians chapter 3, you have Colossians chapter 2. And see, here's what Colossians chapter 2 says, starting in verse 6. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. So there it is again. In chapter 2, we are to abound in thanksgiving. Verse 9 then comes and says, why? For in him, as Jesus Christ, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him who is the head of all rule and authority. In him also you were circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by the putting off of the body of flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Christ has been raised from the dead. You've been raised from the dead. Verse 13, and you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us, forgiven you all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. This he set aside, nailing it to the cross. He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. You see, before we're called to give thanks and to be thankful, Paul goes out of his way to explain to you and to me all that we have, all that we have received, all that we're continuing to receive because of what Jesus Christ has done for us. You just start to look at this and you see the disarming of rulers and authorities. He's made us alive. He's forgiven us all of our trespasses. In this passage of Scripture, we're told that all of these things have been given to you and all that you have received are literally life-altering things. But it's not just here. Before you come to 1 Thessalonians 5, where we're called to give thanks in all circumstances, look at verse 9 of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5. For God? Well, he's not destined us for wrath. I mean, just stop there for a minute and say, praise the Lord. For God has not destined us for wrath. Do you know what we all deserve, though? We deserve wrath. But to obtain salvation through our Lord Jesus, who died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we might live with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Don't you see, Paul says, you have been spared the wrath of God. Whether you are awake or asleep, that is whether you are living in this life or you have died, you are alive with God. And then Ephesians chapter 2. Before you come to Ephesians chapter 5 and the command to be thankful, Ephesians chapter 2, verse 4. 
But God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, God made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this, not of your own works, it's a gift of God so that no one may boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Church family, if being thankful is rooted in our ability to recognize and appreciate what we have received, then we would have to be people who have received and are continuing to receive that for which we should have appreciation. If God is calling us to be thankful and to give thanks, then you should see in your life, and I should see in my life, the kind of reception of things from someone that overwhelm us because of their value, and there are things that we receive that don't just last in the moment, but continue to last. And every single one of those verses communicate to us, this is what has happened. Just consider with me these 10 things. These verses have told us that you and I have new life because of Jesus Christ. We don't just have new life, we have eternal life. We don't just have eternal life, we have eternal forgiveness of sin. Every sin, past, present, and future, we have confidence today and tomorrow are covered by the blood of Jesus. We have, according to these verses, never-ending love. We have the cancellation of an eternal debt. We have salvation from death. We have mercy, we have grace, we have immeasurable riches, we have freedom from slavery. We have that now, we had that yesterday, and we have that forever. Praise the Lord, amen? You have received, you are receiving, you will continue to receive those things which you could never earn on your own. That's what distinguishes Christianity from every other world religion. Challenge me on that. Every other world religion says you must do something in order to obtain these things. And God's word comes to us and says, no, it's all a gift. It's all of grace that comes to you. So when God calls you and says that thankfulness and thanksgiving are to be a part of your everyday life, we are called to that because if we just stop and think upon these things, we will see that we have received and are continuing to receive things of an immeasurable value that can never be taken from us. When you get this, you understand 1 Thessalonians 5. When Paul comes and says, give thanks in all circumstances for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. When Paul says, give thanks in all circumstances, people look at that and they misunderstand the verse. They think what Paul is saying, what God's word is saying is that no matter what your circumstances are, give thanks to God for those circumstances. That's not what he's saying. What he's saying is that no matter what the circumstances in your life are, circumstantially what's happening to you, you have reason to give thanks because something has not changed. 
you have received and you are receiving all of the blessings of Jesus Christ. And not one circumstance in your life will change that. And so even in the darkest day, in the cloudiest hour, in the pit of despair, the Christian, and the Christian alone, is the person who's able to say, and yet I can give thanks to God, and yet I can be thankful, because regardless of what is happening in this moment, I know that I have been spared the wrath of God. Like things might get bad here and now. Disease and sickness might take my life and might whittle me away to nothing. But there is stored up for me a weight of glory that I cannot possibly imagine. Do you believe that? I mean, go to your darkest day. Go to the deepest pit. Go to the loss of a loved one. They are devastating. I'm not saying don't grieve. I'm not saying don't lament. But even in that, yet as we learned from the author of Lamentations, the steadfast love of the Lord only works on Sundays. Is that what the verse says? The steadfast love of the Lord never what? Ceases. Give thanks in all circumstances. Why? Because that remains true. Church, it might be worthwhile to write this down. To be a Christian is to be someone who has received is receiving, and will continue to receive from God that which we most desperately need but do not deserve. Can I get an amen? Oh, why is being thankful and thanksgiving not just a one-day-out-of-the-year activity for the Christian, but something that we are called to do every single day? It is for this reason. So you can't understand that. The command can seem burdensome. The command can seem a weight. The command can seem not even helpful until you actually understand what it is that we are being called to do. Just think of some of the things that you have received in your life. The greatest gifts that you have gotten, they last for a short time, only for a moment. But everything that you have received from God through Jesus Christ is something that you can experience every single day. And so here's how this works itself out. When you're in the dark night of the soul, when everything seems against you, in Christ we can say, thank you, Lord, that right now you are with me and you will always be with me. Thank you that my eternal joy does not rest in what is done here and now, but what has been done by you for me. Is that a prayer that you could pray every single day? Absolutely. Is your eternal joy connected only to this life or is it connected to God in Jesus Christ? When you are in the midst of physical or emotional struggle, something that you might or might not be delivered from, you can say, I can say every day, thank you, God, that Christ died so that I would be delivered from the judgment that was due me because of my sin. I might be experiencing 
the fact that I live in a sinful and a fallen world, and that's why this disease has befallen me, but one day I will be delivered from this. Church, what this means on a very practical level is that our giving thanks for these things should never end because our receiving of what we have in Jesus Christ never ends. Be thankful, God's word calls us to. Give thanks in all circumstances. These are what we are called to do as the people of God because of what we have received and what has been provided. But let's be truly honest with one another. Is this something that is always easy to do? Is it something that, that at times we immediately go to and we think, oh, today is the day I want to give thanks. As I've said once, I've said a million times, if God's word has to call us to do something, what, is, well, what should that tell us? It means that we don't naturally run to that thing, that we have to be reminded of it, like a child who doesn't clean up their toys because it's not at the forefront of their mind. They're doing their thing. We scurry about in our lives, yet God's word comes and says, I'm calling you to give thanks and be thankful. I'm going to tell you what the blessings of that are, but first I want us to just think for a minute, well, why don't we do it? In our natural selves, I think there are kind of four reasons why. Number one, we focus on what we do not have. We focus on what we do not have. Your natural inclination, you got to be honest with this, is to focus on what you do not have. We look at our lives. You know, I was reading, I like history. When William I conquered England over 950 years ago or so, at that time, he amassed land and wealth beyond any of his countrymen. He was considered the most wealthy person in the face of, well, of Great Britain at that time. But think about 950 years ago and William I. The guy didn't have toilet paper. The guy didn't have a riding lawnmower. He didn't even have a flushing toilet. He didn't have running hot water. He couldn't just roll on up to the grocery store and get food. He didn't have a microwave to nuke his food in. He didn't have the medicines that we have. So if he got sick or a limb got infected, he was as good as dead. In comparison to us, William I looks like a pauper and someone who's living in a third world. Yet, at that time and place in history, he was viewed as one of the most wealthy men all around. Do you know why we struggle with giving thanks at sometimes? Because of this. We focus on what we do not have. And it's not just that we don't focus on what we have. We forget what we actually do have, Right? We take our eyes off of what we have received in Jesus Christ. We're, we're looking at the physical. We're looking at the material. We forget what we do have. We only look at what is wrong with the world around us. We're prone to this. I shared with my wife this morning, there was a Scottish minister, a man by the name of Alexander White, very powerful preacher in Scotland. And if you guys know the weather in Scotland sometimes, it's not always the most sunny. Sometimes it can be very stormy and gloomy. And he was known as a pastor who whenever he prayed, prayed and gave thanks to God. And, and he always found that which to be thankful for. And one day, on a very gloomy, hard, rainy day, one of his parishioners thought to himself, you know what? <laughs> 
there's no way that the pastor is going to find something to be thankful for on a day like today. And then he was blown away as White got up into the pulpit and he prayed and he said, we thank thee, God, that it is not always like this. And the guy was like, darn it, there, he found a way. We only look at what's wrong with the world around us. And even when this man was able to see what was wrong with the world, he still found cause to give thanks. And finally, we think that, we, that what we do have, we deserve it. It's one of the hardest things, right? Listen, as we look at what we have and why should we give thanks to God, like I worked for, for this. I worked for this. Uh, a story is told of a, of a pastor, a man by the name of Henry Ironside, who was one day sitting in a cafe. This is probably about 60, 70 years ago or so. He was sitting in a cafe and he was eating his meal. And there was a businessman <clears throat> across from him and he's sitting at his table. And Ironside, Christian, started to pray over his meal. And the guy looked at him, the businessman, and, and he said, I was wondering what you were doing. You, you, you know, why you didn't start eating your food? And he says, oh, well, I like to give thanks to God every time before I eat a meal. And he said, thanks to God. He says, no way. He's like, everything that I have, the money that I use to buy this meal, I earned it by the work of my own hands. And so when I get a meal, I just start eating right, a day, right away. And Ironside looked at him and he says, yes, I can understand why you would do that. My dog does the same thing. Because <laughs> there's no recognition, right? No recognition that what we have, we have as a gift. Church, there's no group of people on earth who should be more in the habit of giving thanks than us. And here's where I want to give a warning. If thanksgiving and being thankful is not a part of your life, and specifically I'm talking about here thankfulness to God. Are we clear on that? Thankfulness to him because it's all come from him through Jesus Christ. If it's not a part of your life, then you might want to examine your heart and you might want to ask the question, am I truly a follower of Jesus Christ? Do I really understand who God is and what he's done for me? And the reason why I issue that warning is because tucked away in Romans chapter 1 is this verse. Listen to it. It starts in verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Well, what's the truth? For what can be known about God is plain to them because he, God has shown it to them for his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made. So they are without excuse. When you look at creation, the truth is this couldn't have happened except by the hands of a creator God. Verse 21 is the key verse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him. Do you see what Paul just did there? He connected the giving of thanks to the recognition of who God is. And so what Paul is saying, if you are not someone who gives thanks to God, if you do not recognize him through the giving of thanks, then Paul says you might fall into the category of one of those who have suppressed the truth about God and are under his judgment and wrath. Because you cannot be someone who knows what God has done and not give thanks to him. Because if you can't give thanks to him, if there is not thankfulness for what he has done, then you truly do not know him. 
which leads me all the way back to saying, I find it so interesting that on Thursday, over 300 million Americans celebrated a day of Thanksgiving. But who were they giving thanks to? Why would you celebrate Thanksgiving? You see, it's not Thanksgiving if you thank yourself. Because thankfulness and thanksgiving is this recognition of receiving something from outside of yourself. One of the most powerful questions that you can ask someone around the holidays is, did you celebrate Thanksgiving? Yeah. Who were you giving thanks to? For the secular person, thanksgiving makes no sense. You have to have a who in order to give thanks to. And if you say, well, I'm being thankful to my parents. They provided the meal. Where did your parents come from? Who created them? It eventually goes back further and further. In fact, one of the greatest apologetics around the holiday season for the existence of God is the fact that we all know that we should give thanks, but to who are you giving thanks? The Bible says we give thanks to God. So church, are you thankful? Are you someone who understands the place of giving thanks? I close by saying this. Because it doesn't come naturally to us, We must cultivate thankfulness and thanksgiving. And here's how we do it. Paul says in Colossians chapter 3, If then you have been raised with Christ, verse 1 says, seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on the things that are above, not on the things that are on earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. You want to cultivate thanksgiving? You want to be a thankful person? I want to suggest to you that three things help you do that. Number one, keep learning about what God has done. Every single Sunday that we gather together, you will hear Pastor Jason or someone in worship say, we gather here in this place to worship God for who he is and what he has done. Do you know why we gather together to worship God for who he is and what he's done? To continue to cultivate us in the people of God, a thankfulness to him. You and I can never stop learning about who our God is and what he's done. Because if you don't know him, if you don't know what he has done, you will be hindered in giving thanks. Number two, keep reminding yourself about what God has done. It's not just learn, but rehearse in your mind. This is what he's done for me. In my sickness, I know that he has delivered me from death. In my sorrows, he has given me never-ending joy through my eternal life. That's why it's worthwhile to stop before every meal, to give thanks, reminding yourself about who God is and what he has done. And then finally, keep thanking God for what he has done. Keep thanking him. Out loud, say the words, make the proclamation. Talk to your children, talk to your friends. Acknowledge all the things in your life, both spiritual and otherwise, that God has done for you. Put these things into practice in your life. We're called to give thanks. Cultivating it is simply by actually doing it.